Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today, I would like to talk about how do you hold someone accountable without blaming? Karen, I would love for you to start us. So I always go back to this, um, my college year. So I played college volleyball. And um, if you've ever been around girls that are in the 18 plus, there's a lot of finger pointing going on on the court of, hey, well, she gave me a bad pass. I mean, like, how was I supposed to do anything with that? You know, and so had this phenomenal coach that had this one thing she would say that was said was better the ball. And so if you think about it, we all have been delivered bad passes, bad information, bad, you name it. But instead of just going on and on about you, 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 what the conversation should be about, what can we do from this point that we're in now to move forward? And what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen? Again, and so better the ball. I find that that works in life in general. So I always like to say to people, whether it's personal or professional, if you think about that bettering the ball concept, mm -hmm. it makes people less defensive when it comes to the blaming game. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to go with don't blame them. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> we are where we are. There is a layer of, yes, there are things to be learned from how we got here, mm -hmm. but we're here now. So what are we doing to move forward? Is that accountability? Is just moving forward accountability? Well, or that's a whole nother set of questions though, right? Is what the original premise was, how do we keep moving forward without blaming? How do we make progress? And no, I the wonder- The original question was, how do you okay. hold somebody accountable without mm. blaming? And how I look at it is accountability is without emotion. It's about a plan. It's about a process. It's about a metric. It might be about a promise. Hmm. And blame is about emotion. And so how do you hold people accountable? You, you lean on the facts and not on the emotions. Hmm. So if the plan is built poorly and it's implemented poorly, the builder of the plan has some accountability to that. And if you start blaming and pointing fingers, that might be emotional. So you stick with the, 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 the facts. What went right? What went wrong? Who's responsible to change it? And the last thing I would say about accountability is that word responsible. You cannot be accountable for something, responsible for something, if you weren't given the authority about, over it. Oh, interesting. Well, that, in, in psychology, we talk about that causing burnout, which, when you're held accountable to something over which you don't have the authority. Right. And I think it happens a lot where people are responsible for something, but they don't have the authority to actually do it. And I have a mentor who splits it out as power, authority, accountability, and responsibility as four distinct beasts. Mm -hmm. So I think if we're going to hold someone accountable, the first thing that we, as the person who wants to hold accountable, has to look at is do they have the power or the authority to, to create change? Could they have been successful if we had given the opportunity? Right. And as leaders, we have to look at, are we providing everybody with the tools they need, including the coworkers they need in order to be successful? And I just think that as soon as we start getting emotional and throwing blame and pointing fingers, we lose track of how we can fix the problem. 
Hmm. Well, I think that comes from defensiveness. So as a creative, you know, I spent a couple of years in design school. And one of the first things that you learn is how to provide constructive feedback and constructive criticism and the key word being constructive. And we all know what that means. That means to build versus to deconstruct. So if you all, if you like, one of the things I was thinking about, if it was me, how would I want to be treated in that case? And so I always try to go back to that, like, like, had I look at the moments where I was really defensive and I say, why was I so defensive? Was it because of the way the message was delivered? Was it because I didn't have the authority or the power? I mean, there's so many components to it. Mm -hmm. So I always like to think about how would I want to be treated in this case and, and use that to kind of soften maybe some of that um, less tangible stuff. Mm -hmm. Can we ask the question, so if we're in a situation where there's some accountability that needs to be had, there's some blame being thrown around, how do we corral that and, and say, you know, are we looking to blame or are we looking for accountability? Are we looking to solve? What are we trying to do here? Are those, like, is that a conversation we can have in the moment? And I realized how I got to, you know, the accountability piece got lost in my thinking because I immediately went to, well, is the system the problem, mm. right? Do, does the system need a change? And the person got thrown into a bad situation. And that's often one of those assumptions we have to make is, okay, the system's broken because this person was allowed to make these sorts of decisions or whatever in the moment mm. that led to this situation that we're unhappy with. So is the accountability on the person who actually made the decision? Is it the person? Is the system where we may or may not have the double checks in place to say, oh, look, you know, you made that million dollar mistake and either we can fire you for wasting a million dollars or we can look at it and say, well, we spent a million dollars on training you not to do things like that. Or, hey, this is our million dollar prompt to fix the system so that this can't happen again. Yeah. But what you're really... And I think what all of us are talking about is the piece that's very important to this accountability and holding people responsible is the communication piece. Because mm -hmm. if you do it wrong, I mean, it's going to backfire on you. But if you do it right, everybody walks away feeling whole, feeling like they can be part of the solution, um, regardless of what's going on in the system. Because you could also use that as part of it and say, Listen, we know the system blows. I mean, we know that this blows, but how can you better that ball? Mm. I think, though, that communication and accountability and responsibility are one conversation. But the original question is, how can you do one without doing the other? Wasn't it? Now I've lost track of yes. it. How to hold someone accountable without blaming. So yeah. I think the way you do it is to remove the emotion. Is you remove the emotion because I think there are times where the system is just fine and everybody did their part except for one person perhaps or one team and it's important to hold them accountable and sometimes it's important to remove them I, I mean everything doesn't have to be a problem in the system either sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's a problem with the individual and if it's a problem with the individual you can hold them accountable without making it emotional without making it about the person, but about the process, about what they did or did not do. And that's accountability. 
But isn't that part of culture? Because there are so many environments where the culture is the blame game. So if you're in that culture, you know, that's what people are going to continue to do because that is the culture. And we know there's- I would offer that there are so many things in our cultural society that are completely wrong. So I'm not going to say, because it's part of our culture, let's just continue. That's the way it is. I would say certainly as leaders, we should be in there making sure that we don't continue on that path if it's completely wrong. But leaders don't drive culture. But can't, so to that point, if there is a culture and you recognize that that culture is broken, as a leader, you can choose not to engage in that culture and not to allow it on your team, unless you're the one causing it. And then that's a whole separate self-awareness thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So that's a different conversation than accountability versus blaming. I think the individual has to look at themselves, too. I think you have to have... Um, you know, as leaders, we also want to hire people who have a level of self-awareness mm. and, and have that ability to take feedback. I mean, shouldn't that be one of the questions that we should be asking during interviews is how did you handle a situation when you were provided negative feedback? How did you handle that? That tells you kind of a little bit about how they might handle future scenarios. Well, and we don't have time to get into it, but I do think something else to consider is if I'm, if I'm being blamed, Am I being blamed or am I creating blame when I'm being held accountable? And that, that's a different way of looking at us, the other side of the coin. But unfortunately, in 30 seconds, there's no way that we can get into that conversation. But um, I do want to wrap us up there just because we're running out of time. If we start something else, we're going to run over. So thank you so much for having this conversation about accountability and blame. I think that they are really closely tied together um, in cultures and organizations. And that, that's why this conversation has been tough. So thanks so much for having it with me. We'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.